All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We've got the host of Minus Three podcast. Is that correct? And also, he's on the Extra Point podcast with Cousin Sal and Charlotte Wilder three times a week. How'd that go? Did I do all right for that? Good. I yeah. think you got that. I, I think you got it right. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, so, I, I, so, so halting, so halting yeah. as, uh, as, as our takeover of sports media is underway here. Get on board, fella. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no I messed up. Uh, I mispronounced the word uh, last name Giles a couple, a couple months ago. So I've always got to double check on everything, it's, especially to make sure you're. Wait, wait, wait. Who's Giles? Uh, Tom, Tom. Is it, I think it's Tom. I still don't know how to pronounce it either. Tom Giles or Tom Giles. He's at NBC Sports Boston. I messed it up. I would do like three times. I don't know why. <laughs> so, that was That's all right. I, I, yeah. I, I called. Uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, and I like the Steelers. And I had uh, Joe Manganello on my show about a year ago, and I called him Joe Manganello. I was like, "Here he is, everybody. You know him, A-list Hollywood uh, handsome devil, Joe Manganello." And he's like, "Manganello." I was like, "Where you are out of the gate, red hot here." He, so, he's yeah. married to Sophia Vergara, right? That's the one. Yeah, he, he doesn't care how you pronounce his name. Um, so, no, yeah. Oh, he doesn't care about you. No. Handsome devil. <laughs> I, as I said to him, what kind of fella, though, goes in. You got to have, have a different level of self-confidence to go and audition for Magic Mike, right? Like, you're like, yeah, I, yeah, I got what it takes. Yeah, I make sense. I, I'm sure everybody will buy me. America will buy me. As a uh, as a very handsome stripper guy, like I, I would never go in for that because <laughs> no one would ever be like, "What are you here for?" To you didn't get that role. You, you yeah, didn't no. get that role. Yeah. Anyhow, please proceed. No, no, I remember him because I remember he was in um, "How About Your Mother" for a couple episodes. Is that right? Yeah, he was like Marshall's like friend, and they were like always getting brunch, and it became sort of weird. They're like, "What two guys, two bros can't go get brunch?" It was. I miss "How About Your Mother." Yeah, that was that was wild. Yeah, he was also what people forget from that people don't even make the connection when you see him in the movie, you still don't put two and two together. He was the uh the bad teenage kid in the original Spider-Man movie. Really? Yeah, remember when Peter Parker, Toby Maguire swings in slow motion at the guy in the by the locker? Oh, that's oh I, didn't, I didn't yeah. even think of that. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. And so speaking of your Steelers, what were your thoughts on last night's game? Well, I was encouraged for the most part, of course, you know, when you're a fan, it hits a little bit different with the injuries and stuff. Obviously, the real life concerns hit you as well. But, you know, in our suspended state of uh, delusion as we root for for these uh, for these guys to succeed in the name of our hometown. Um, Yeah. So I'm concerned about the offensive line. But outside of that, man. That defense is greased lightning. There are a lot of candidates in 2020 for the best defense in football. The Bills come to mind. Um, the Saints have a have a chance to be dominant defensively. But I mean, man, Pittsburgh really, really they they've got wheels at just about every position. And if they could stay healthy, again, the the premise of what are the Steelers going to be? Can you trust Roethlisberger? Do you think Roethlisberger before, I mean, this isn't 2020 hindsight, having watched him throw the ball around and, and, and look pretty good doing it against an NFL defense on Monday night. Um, but if he, if he is a diminished version of himself, is he better than Duck Hodges was? Because Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph almost got them to the playoffs last year. Rather, the defense almost got them to the playoffs last year. You don't think a Hall of Fame quarterback, even if he's a little bit less than what he was um, 
the, uh, over the bulk of the decade and a half. You don't think that's going to be good enough for them to get to double-digit wins? I think you're being overly cynical in my D- Double-digit wins I can see, but Baltimore is looking pretty good uh, taking okay. that division. Yep. So, no, but every time Roethlisberger, like, winces, I'm thinking, like, is he hurt? But he gets better when he's in pain. I've never seen it with anybody else. It's like he was, like, pulling at his knee, and I remember they were saying, oh, Mason Rudolph is warming up, and I'm like, God, no. But um, the, the offense looked fantastic with Smith-Schuster. It looked like he hasn't uh, taken off a step from two years ago last year. Kind of forget, forgettable. Deontay Johnson was great in the slot. And then um, Claypool from Notre Dame was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Mar- I mean that's a pretty good first catch to make in, in pro football. I mean, that was uh, um, pretty spectacular, in fact. And then James Washington – who is on some level the forgotten man in the receiving core, still making big plays. He made the big play of the night. Um, I, I think it would be hard to debate that um, with that. And don't forget also about over the course of 16 games, I imagine that you're going to see a fair bit of Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. They're that, you know, this is not a revolutionary offense, of course, and, you know, with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson looming in, in that side of the bracket, um, it, it, it doesn't drop your jaw the way those offenses do, but the, the Steelers have a lot on offense and they certainly have the better defense than either of the two teams I just threw out there for you. So I think they're in the conversation at least for a team. You know, I mean, uh, let's jump to the end of the novel here though. You watched on Thursday night, um, the chiefs. I, I just don't know who ultimately, slows that team down they're so fast what do you you know really you always hear pick your poison what do you do uh, to stop that offense there's got to be somebody available somebody is going to be singled up and they're all faster than you so i i, I don't know ultimately who's going to be able to stop that but you know in the here and now after the last couple of years that uh, that the steelers have delivered i'll take a, a team that's in the higher ranks of the afc at minimum do you think james connor finishes the year as the starting running back not tracking that way. The ankle injury on Monday night revealed that uh, Benny Snell, as a lot of people had been talking about who'd been watching practice for the last month, said Snell was the superior back <clears throat> in camp. And um, it definitely looked that way on Monday night. I like how the, the, the limitation, though, for Snell is, or at least we haven't seen it yet, and back to the Kentucky days, he's not a pass catcher. And in 21st century football, you have limited value if you aren't available in that regard. And then the other thing that I can't weigh in on now, but again, because of limited reps for, uh, for Snell is he is effective in pass pro as James Conner is. That's one of those things that you hear a lot of the, the experts talk about that the more casual football fan probably doesn't um, care about as much or doesn't acknowledge as much, but coaches are not going to leave a guy out there in pass situations. If he can't, uh, if he can't pick up the free pass rusher, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Connor is a great story. It's hard to get down on him, obviously. But the other knock on him, aside from his inability to stay healthy, is that he uh, he does have a uh, a knack for fumbling the ball. So I don't. So you know, I don't think the Steelers have the perfect answer in the backfield for them. But um, but overall, they look p- pretty loaded. They don't have a whole lot of question marks going right now. But what was your your thoughts on the double Monday Night Football? Do you like that or? You... Oh, I mean, listen. I, I it occurred to me with about like seven minutes to go. And again, I, I wear it on my sleeve, the team that I root for. Um, and I was pleased. Okay, my, my team's out of the gate looking well. The quarterback looks fine. 
and so on, and thus ends a, a successful first week of NFL foot. Wait a second. We have a second game tonight, and I went over the moon again. It couldn't have been a snoozier affair in Denver, but yeah, I love it. I, in fact, remember about like three, four weeks, three, four years ago, I don't remember the circumstances, but the Raiders had a home game that got uh, postponed for some, I don't remember what it was. It was the, I'm pretty sure it was the Chargers and the Raiders. And they had to postpone it, and it didn't kick off until like Sunday night, or maybe it was Monday night, or something like that, at like eight o'clock or even nine o'clock West Coast time. I, I say let's add that. Pick out the schedule makers can pick out the the most bum game of the, of every week and just put it on like a late night game. But we we miss out on that. You guys on the East Coast. You know, you stay up late to watch your favorite hockey or basketball team play on the West Coast from time to time. Why don't we all get to stay up late? You know, we, we, no one wants to go to school or work on Monday morning anyway. We should just have it bleed deep into the early morning, I say. I don't know if I told you my idea that they could do, not during a pandemic, but I think what they could do if they ever wanted to, is if they're, since they're thinking about adding, they're adding a game to the schedule, I think they should do a 24-hour day of football and have games around the globe. That way you have the good games on in primetime. Washington and the Jags can play in, like, Seoul. I don't know what, the, what time they're playing. It would be very interesting. It would add to the NFL fan base 24 hours of football, and there's a bye week in, ahead of it and behind it. Excuse me. I have to take some notes here, and uh, I'm going to – speak with uh with roger yeah. and that's i you yeah. get no credit though you get yeah. no credit that's that's the deal i get give, give, give me free red zone i'll be good so okay. it's yeah. damish x idea but uh, but you know in your heart yeah you're, you yeah. were the trailblazer it'd be incredible like they i i don't know where they would do it i don't know the nfl fan base but they used to do games in japan so like that's a location they can do so they i could do you know what i they wouldn't do it because i maybe that i you know i i don't know if you could get 32 teams because then you would basically need the week off you couldn't yeah, then yeah you couldn't nope. then have the next week and say no. you guys all have to stop no. like maybe the solution is just the dip because they tend to dip their toe in the water with stuff like this anyway just do it what we've learned now is after the after uh, a first week with some pretty good quality of play i would say all things considered you now any holdouts for like you have to have four weeks of preseason nah let's just have two and spend one of them i, I love your idea one in it you know oh. some games in asia yeah. some games in australia some games in europe that's a marvelous idea i love yeah. it yeah no they could they could have them across the across the country be, and it would be just so much football that like the next sunday you're like yeah i need a week and then back to regular i don't know they could i don't know how they would do it it'd be very interesting to, especially doing a global pandemic they need fans that would be the thing but it'd be very interesting i, I don't know how long scott hansen could go that's that's a little bit longer than he's used to. I know he can hold it in for six hours. That's a little bit longer. So well, they know. swap. I think in the twenty-four hours of Le Mans, they switch riders. <laughs> so, like you just have to, you know, you go take a blow, and uh, we'll put in so and so instead of you. Did you see while. that movie? I thought the the Ford Ferrari. Did you see it? Wow, that's uh, by uh, Adam Carolla, of course. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Sure. Oh no, yeah, Ford. For, no, yeah, no, with Damon and uh, yeah. and Bale. No, I didn't see that picture. Check it out. It's phenomenal. It's long. Yeah. 
but it's phenomenal. Like, I, I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. I'm like, this is, and I didn't know that race existed. I'm like, this is insane. So I'm like, I, don't, I wouldn't want to be on the 3 a.m. shift. No, but yeah, that's what, what, what other games this from Sunday do you think kind of caught your attention? I know a lot of the teams are rusty. There's no preseason. They really haven't been able to do any contact, even though the Washington football team has been gloating about Dwayne Haskins excelling 75% of the time in non-contact, which is great. They won, which I think is fantastic, especially even though I want them to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, so it doesn't help. But who, who kind of caught your eye? A guy, maybe a guy here or there that kind of excelled in all facets? The team with no name um, is in first place, which is, uh, which is pretty interesting. And they, and they earned it, too, because that pass rush, I mean, you could see it coming from a mile away. And I said – Last week, the forgotten man in that pass rush is Ryan Kerrigan because he was down last year and people, well, maybe, you know, his his best days are behind him. But if you disregard last year and just look at the preceding threes, double-digit sack guy. Now, all of a sudden, with Sweat and Chase Young there, I mean, somebody is getting a relatively easy ride to the QB. So, yeah, that, that I really do think should sustain. And then it's Dwayne Haskins becomes the question. I You know, in a normal year... Um, I, 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 I feel like I would have been on DC a lot more than I am. I just, I, people spook me away from like teams that haven't been together, new head coach and Haskins and, you know, the pieces, who's he throwing to this year that kind of spooked me off of them because people said, this is going to be a wonky year that the teams that have stability, uh, in personnel and otherwise are going to, are going to, um, beat up on the other teams in the first six weeks or so. Um, but yeah, anyway, I like, I, I still, I think I like Haskins still better than dimes. If I had, really, I think so. I think if I had to make my choice, but let's see. Um, the, another one that jumped out to me, um, is I think the, I, I, the Colts are so loaded that um i can't believe they lost to the jags who are openly the colts didn't didn't punt they didn't punt the whole i know it's so phil riversy um i mean but the jack it's embarrassing when you lose to a team that makes clear like yeah we're in it to lose this (laughs) like we're, we're trying to lose this game and you lose to them that's weird um but the other one that really i feel like hasn't quite gotten the attention i guess because it was up against uh brady v breeze but what happened in the Bay Area uh, is, I think, heralds a rising team in, in Arizona and more significantly a descending team in San Francisco. Remember, the Niners were 8-0 last year, and that was everything to them. They were not a team that I, I thought could run the table if they had to play three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl and one or two of them were on the road, which is basically that week 17 when they stopped the, the Seahawks at the, at the inch line um, in the fourth quarter, that is what sent them to the Super Bowl. Because if, like I say, if they would have gone on the road and everything, I think that would have been too tough uh, a path. You know, they were smothering defensively. They were, they were um, I think it's a red flag that in a game that was a red eyesore, if you looked at that one, why did the Cardinals wear their red pants? And the red sky doesn't help either. Nah, and- the whole thing, the, the whole thing, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. The whole thing looked like it was on Mars, but, um, and, uh, and the rea- and the result was, was something from Mars, I suppose, if you were paying attention to the Niners and, and uh, cards a year ago, but yeah, I think that offense in Arizona is for real. I, I've been pushing everybody to get in on Kyler Murray as the MVP this year because it sets up that they're going to be a fun team this year. Their defense isn't high end, which means shootouts, which means tons of fantasy points. That's how you win an MVP. 
um, is by putting up a huge number like that. And if, if they go eight and eight, nine and seven, then I think there would be consideration for him. Meantime, that the Niners couldn't truck that defense with their run game is, like I say, a red flag for them going forward. Um, diminishing return. I mean, and it's also forget all the Madden curse and all that hokum. You go to the Super Bowl and lose it. It's pretty, pretty, pretty much a straight line that uh, very few teams bounce back from that the following year. So might be bad times for Niners fans. And then another bad sign is that the Rams beat the Cowboys, who so many people were picking into the Super Bowl a week ago. I couldn't tell you. Actually, no, I can tell you. I can tell you one defensive back on the Cowboys, and that's Stephon Dick's brother. And I completely forgot he was on the team until Sunday night. Uh, but what do you think? What do you think of Dallas this year? Do you think it's the same case as last year? Like Dak really? I'll give I'll give him credit. That was not offensive pass interference on the second last play of the game. That was no. I think also though Jalen Ramsey catches heat for that. That's gamesmanship. I think I know. you know being being physically talented enough and lucid enough in the moment to feel the hand and know how to react to that. That's, that's pretty clever stuff out of Jalen Ramsey. So I don't knock him for knowing how to work the officials a little bit, but yeah, obviously wasn't pass interference, but then Rams fans um, on Monday, were all pointing to the clear headshot that Jared Goff took when he got picked off. So I mean, so I guess, um, you know, throw those out of the window. The thing that jumped out there is that Aaron Donald, it's funny. I feel like he pretty much cinched defensive player of the year because that was in prime time. People hadn't watched pro football in so long. They see that and they think, see, look at it. I mean, and, and he was plumb dominant. That was crazy. That, those are, those are grown 300 pound men. And he just pushes them over like they're dominoes. It was crazy. But, um, uh, I, that division is, it, it's unclear who is the heavyweight of that NFC West? Cause I think the Seahawks are smoke and mirrors after you get by Russell Wilson, who is the 21st century answer to John Elway, John Elway, forget about him winning the Super Bowls in the late stages of his career. He, the credit he deserves is for dragging those Broncos teams to Super Bowls where they would get whipped, but they had no business getting to the Super Bowl. Same effect now with Russell Wilson. It's, I know they were good, it's kind of in reverse. It's Elway's career in reverse. Russell Wilson lands in Seattle. They have that great defense, Marshawn Lynch and otherwise, and they go to two straight Super Bowls and win one of them. And now Russell Wilson's the last man standing just about. I know Bobby Wagner, and I'm trying to think of who else. They got, um, they got uh, uh, Jamal Adams. Yeah, well, no, yeah, no. That, but they've, they've replaced. So Jamal oh, yeah, Adams is there. No, but, but, I mean, I, I feel like I don't really know – what um what's to get excited about. I, yeah yeah as you say Jamal Adams but I, you know what they were predicated on in their Super Bowl years is is pretty much gone now um and so it's all Russell Wilson carrying the offense and based on what we saw on Sunday that talk about results that surprised me that one did I thought that the Falcons would were, I thought they were going to kind of jump the league a little bit everybody getting distracted by the two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the NFC South and I thought Matt Ryan might end up being the best of the bunch I I don't know how you slow that pass game down but I guess the Seahawks did a decent job of making me look dumb in uh, in week one and then soon that Tampa Saints game I feel like all we've been talking about all summer, aside from this other stuff going on in D.C., is Brady in Tampa. And everybody's like, oh, they're pencilmen for the Super Bowl. And I know it was rust. I know there's no preseason. But he didn't look too much better than last year. Man, 
the uh, of course this <clears throat> there there is no um historical evidence to lean on with this but as i have been saying for the last month it is not a small matter that uh that uh, that one guy is 43 and the other guy is 40 or whatever breeze is and it's damning for breeze because I mean, if you've watched him, all you have to do is use your eyes the last couple of years. He has the worst. I'm not talking about he isn't as impressive as you think is. Last year, he was 32nd in the league for um, the yard, uh, for yards covered per pass attempt. I'm not talking completions. The yards covered when he throws the ball. He is always underneath. It's Kamara and Michael Thomas. That's great, and he's – you know, he's a, a super uh, alert at the line of scrimmage uh, pre-snap and everything, but he's the weakness that has kept them from advancing. And I know bad call two years ago and everything else, but yeah. And then where Brady's, you know, and, and Brady's taken it all on the chin since that game, but Breeze, I would contend was even worse than Brady was um, either way. Yeah. You have two old guys playing quarterback. I mean, they're, they're, they're they're smart and maybe that is worth something and rallying the locker room and whatever, all that, uh, you know, uh, intangible talking, but practically speaking, there are several, if not a dozen quarterbacks in the NFL, I'd rather have than either one of those guys in 2020, which is, I know that's, that's a sacrilege to many, but it's kind of true. They're old. They're not they're, they're, There's no evidence that a 43 year old man can carry a team to a Super Bowl. Now, and plus, I think the best quarterback in that entire building was holding a clipboard the entire time. Jameis Winston should have gotten some action. People, we've completely forgotten. He now has LASIK eye surgery. He can see now. He put up, what, he put 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 30 picks last year, and he, he, didn't know, he didn't know who he was throwing to. Now he probably still doesn't, but he probably pinpointed a little bit better. So, I don't know. I, that, Isn't that, that a great – that's a facet. You know, people talked about that and made their jokes, but really – I'm serious. It's incredible. We have, we, I, 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 about a half decade ago, I, I started talking about the fact that it's weird that in a world of 7 billion people that we can't find 32 people to play quarterback successfully in the NFL. And here we are now, five-ish years later, and we're pretty close to QB saturation. Who's, whose team is debilitated by atrocious QB play at this point? Not really very many. I mean, we have, we have pretty viable options all over the NFL now. Is there anybody you point at and be like, I can't believe they have to play that guy. Like Case Keenum was was like a starting quarterback a couple few years ago. That that doesn't happen anymore. Um, but yeah, Jameis Winston uh, in the musical chairs game of quarterbacks is going to be interesting. I guess he made a, a one-year deal with the devil <clears throat> slash Sean Payton. Not saying Sean Payton's a devil to sit behind Breeze and on the assumption that Breeze will retire and then he'll fill that slot contracts uh, have to be made to, to, to make it. So ultimately, but you know, who knows what happens with Roethlisberger, maybe uh, Pittsburgh will look at him. Maybe a year from now, the Colts are looking at him. There will be some moving parts here as quarterbacks move around a little bit. Jameis is an interesting name yeah. to, to float out there. Just kind of like Cam was yeah. as of what, two months or so ago. And you yeah. saw him. No, my favorite thing about Sean Payton, have you ever seen his, foot, his um, pro football reference page? No. If you look at it, so the year that he was not in the NFL, I guess he was coaching like his kid's middle school football team or something, mm-hmm. and it literally says, Saints, 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 so-and-so middle school football team, Saints, 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 Saints. Saints. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. No, it's, it's, it's incredible. No, yeah, I personally like Jameis 
I liked his fit with the Steelers when they were, I think they were considering him a little bit before he signed. I don't know how much truth there was to the Steelers looking at him, but certainly, yeah, if they could, the, the, the thing that a lot of people, no matter where your fan base is, people say, why don't they go and get Cam Newton? And it's because you have a quarterback under contract, Jameis and and definitely Cam uh, weren't looking to Cam was not looking to sign a backup deal. He wanted a starting slot, so he waited, and everybody found their seats, and there was one chair available, and it happened to be with uh, the winningest team of the 21st century, so he landed in a great spot. Speaking of that team, their old quarterback, Tom Brady, go to his page, uh, Pro Football Reference, and it lists you know some guys' nicknames, and I think um, that you know just like Peyton Manning in the late stages of his career, all of a sudden – on there was the sheriff. And it's like, who calls you the sheriff? No when did that happen? Maybe Giselle. Brady, Brady, Brady well, no, that was man, Peyton. Oh. The better oh. one. The, no. and, well, even even funnier for my money is, I don't, I've never heard this, but Tom Brady, one of his nicknames is uh, the Pharaoh. The never Pharaoh. The Pharaoh. Well, they, wow. they went, they were the same sixth grade class, but that's the only thing. But um, <laughs> no, that I've yeah, that's probably a self-given nickname because you know Belichick's never said that. that I've never the I've Pharaoh. Ne- the Pharaoh. I've no, no. Randy Moss was like, hey, you're the Pharaoh now. Like what? Okay. <laughs> no, that's wild. And I have a question. So the NFC North Packers, their first round pick was phenomenal yesterday. He, he was great at sitting down. Uh, or on Sunday, he was great at sitting down, but they steamrolled the Vikings. Did that catch your attention at all? Definitely. Uh, that's another one. I mean, there's just so much like on a football Sunday, let alone the circumstances, the first football Sunday in forever and, you know, everything behind it and how's everybody going to look. Yeah, the Packers, uh, you're, uh, they're another maybe kind of slip through the cracks team here after all the melodrama about – as it happens – when you make the amount of money and have the success that uh, that the really really great quarterbacks have in the NFL, it it, uh, it lends itself to having an ego. I, I don't know if uh, anybody can do the math on that. There's every time people react to like, <laughs> I don't think they're Rodgers. He's being a jerk. He doesn't want them draft. Yeah, he doesn't want them to draft his successor. Yeah, Tom Brady doesn't like it. Peyton, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. No, none of these high end guys are like, yeah, come in. Let me remind me of my own mortality and my fading uh, athletic ability. Nobody wants that. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them this year as they because it was, uh, what was that, 2017, when the Chiefs were pretty good. And, wait, was that 2017? Yeah, they take uh, Mahomes in 2017. So 2016, they were good, and they went to the playoffs. I remember they had a divisional round game in, uh, in, in Arrowhead, and they barely lost to Pittsburgh in that one. And so there was a lot of uh, a lot of this team's pretty close with Andy Reid, and then they used that first round pick on Patrick Mahomes. And I remember a lot of people saying, "Man, what did the Chiefs do here? Why were they so desperate to do that? They just wasted um, the opportunity to add a piece, maybe the finishing touch to to this Chiefs team getting over the hump." And now I don't think anybody uh, is uh, bemoaning them having drafted Mahomes. So maybe the Packers have just done exactly that. But it does feel like, man. You could have taken, I don't know who, I'm not sure exactly. I'm trying to think of who would have been on the board that would have made a ton of sense, but you could have, you know, there, there, there are some could have drafted one of the, one of the high end. I mean, 
Cole Komet comes to mind. I know yeah, that would have been unexciting. Not there. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to think yeah. of a piece that yeah, you yeah, yeah. drop in there in that spot that uh, that would have made some sense in 2020 because Aaron Rodgers is great, and he did look good on Sunday. Um, you know, uh, I think that there's a thing that happens. There's a weird phenomenon that happens that um, certain guys – there's an assumption from from their personnel departments that says like, well, the offensive line isn't great, but Russell Wilson slash Aaron Rodgers slash Ben Roethlisberger negate that with their ability to get away from the pressure anyway, and then they become victims of their own uh, own success because their own guys don't draft the the GMs don't draft help for them because they're like, what hasn't been a problem for you? So like we're just gonna look at other parts of the field like, well, but I still I ideally you would get some help for me. I, I, but, um, so yeah, I feel like Aaron Rodgers maybe suffers from that a little bit, but their defense is great. And the most important thing defensively come January is the ability to, uh, heat up the QB. They can do that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, they're, they're, uh, kind of a slip through the cracks team. If you consider that the AFC has two definite juggernauts and the Ravens and chiefs, and maybe you can make a case for the Steelers and we'll see what happens. Um, but the NFC has like eight really good teams and none feels way better than the rest there. And maybe the Packers will end up being the best of the lot. Who's a team on Sunday that kind of maybe came out to a hot start that you think is a fluke and you think that's going to be their best game of the year? The Jags. <laughs> I don't think we, we, uh, can you name two players on that defense that, um, Actually, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, can you? Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, A.J. Bouye. Well, wait a minute. See, yeah, they've been Calais Campbell. Wait, what happened? That was That's crazy how decimated that was. They were they were a Miles Jack. Miles Jack is still on that defense. Um, they were a bad call by the officials away from going to the Super Bowl. And if they go to the Super Bowl against Nick Foles and company – I can make a compelling case that they would have beaten that Eagles team. They would have been the world champs with Blake Bortles, or at minimum, um, gotten to a Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. That they would look completely different. It's it's amazing how one play can change so much in the trajectory of different teams. Like what would have happened to that Patriots team if they had lost at home to that Jags to that Jags bunch? It's it's really interesting. But anyway, I'm trying to I'm buying time for an answer here. Who? I mean, I don't, I don't, I think the bears are a mess. I think the lions are going to kick themselves. I guess the lions, a lot of people are sleeping. A lot of people are sleeping on the lions this year. I like them a lot. I picked them for the playoff spot, but now my confidence is damaged after they blow it to the bum bears in the fourth quarter. Um, I guess that would be my answer unless you want to throw one at me and I'll say, aha, yeah, that's who I was thinking. That's who I'm missing right now. I'm still thinking of a, a, a weird world where the Jacksonville Jaguars are the Super Bowl champions, and I can't imagine the Florida man headlines coming off a Super Bowl win because it's probably something <laughs> we've never seen before. Now, I, I, I don't know. It's, I, I've lost all faith in Houston. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, they were better than I expected against uh, the Jets. I mean, like for a team that got hammered. Yeah. Um, if they have, if you assume that David Johnson's going to look like that over the course of the season, then that's a little bit better than what I anticipated. I thought that it was just a straight up giveaway of New Hopkins so that they didn't have to pay him and get something in return, a name brand. But I didn't think David Johnson had anything left. He looked good against the Chiefs. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. The AFC South. Um, 
is is a little wonky because the the Jags should be lousy. The Colts, though, what a what a I mean, what a bummer of a opening weekend to have old man rivers and be like, yeah, you know, Jacoby Brissett was our letdown a year ago. And um, now Marlon Mack's done for the year, but they do have Jonathan Taylor. That defense should dominate. I don't know how they could uh, get Gardner Minshew, but they did. So Minshew mania. He's, he's amazing. Now the, the Colts, they, they, they haven't, I don't know. What was, I think what said their, their, their win totals went what, like nine, I think. So they have been pretty high expectations now, but it's, it's interesting. We'll see. What about Cleveland? Do you, are you are you giving up on Baker Mayfield? Um, I won't say have given up on them, but You're still doing those I, stupid progressive commercials. I thought we were done. I thought we were I, done with them. I don't think there's anything more vexing to a fan base <laughs> than when your when your guy is um, isn't good. Then and then and then like we'll be right back to the Ravens up. 17 touchdowns on the Browns. And then it cuts to commercials. Like, hey, I'm a funny guy, everybody. I'm your quarterback. Like, you SOB. And then the Beckham commercial comes on, and this is not a great week for Eldell Beckham commercials. So. It's so, <laughs> you know, I guess there's a thing about, you know, the big egos, and it's crazy. I don't know who you can really point the finger at except for, you know, like the joke of it is that they're the Cleveland Browns and they're Browns and stuff, but – I guess, especially in 2020, I guess all the the volatility, you know, that's why it, it's it's got to be make you crazy to be in Cleveland and you're like 45 minutes north of Canton, Ohio, and you in the Super Bowl era have like nobody in there. I mean, you have Jim Brown and and Otto Graham, but nobody who Ozzy uh, Ozzy Newsome. Okay, I mean, I and. And there's Canton right there. And then just on the other side of, of the state border, there's, uh, there's the team that has six Lombardis, um, largely provided by uh, Ohio native Chuck Knoll and, uh, and Ohio native Ben Roethlisberger. That's got to be frustrating. Got to be frustrating. And three coaches in the last halfs. <laughs> it's so dumb. The, yeah. the Steelers, yeah, the Steelers have had three coaches since 69. The the Browns have had three coaches um, in the last, like, three and a half months, or I think. I don't, I'm not sure exactly if yeah. that's right, but it's about that. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And it's it's kind of like, like your caps. What are they doing? I, we don't yeah. have to talk about that, but no. the I got a new coach. I can't pronounce his last name, but people are happy. Pe- yeah. Peter Laviolette, but why? But what is it? Like something like that. They're what are they? What are they constantly? He uh, he has uh, he's got a little uh, a funny. He's got a little of that Trump thing going where really? he tries to comb it over. But if you a look toupee? closer, yeah. not not a two page. He's got that comb over going. A lot of flesh showing through the hair. Interesting. Lavia. Look for it. I can't even pronounce. I'm not gonna remember to pronounce it. I don't have to spell it, but I'm not gonna be able to pronounce it. That's wild. That's an for fantasy. Any any guys you think are gonna blow? You're ready to blow up? I know we saw last year. We had Sammy Watkins in week one. I think he went for like 45, and then we didn't see anything else. Sunday we saw Naheem Hines, and I'm not expecting anything close to that again. Is there anybody you're excited to see this year? I guess I would say, based on what we saw Monday night, is go get uh, Benny Snell because if if nothing else, even if he doesn't straight up win the gig over James Conner. James Conner has uh, an unfortunate streak of not staying healthy the last few years. And so maybe just by default, Benny Benny Snell's going to get a lot of touches going forward here against a good offensive line and a team that, um, that obviously the, the defense is scared of what they're going to do through the air. And that produces a lot of touchdowns um, 
lot of short uh, touchdown opportunities for for whoever gets the ball back there. So I guess I would say him. Um, <clears throat> I get I, it depends how deep we want to go here, but I was frustrated that I didn't jump on Noah Fant after he caught the touchdown yeah, yeah. on Monday night. I he he basically won me my fantasy league late last year because of his connection with Drew Locke. And I thought, boy, but they've just loaded up on pass catchers and not just wide receivers. They added a couple of tight ends and Jake Butts back and all this. And I thought, I don't know. There are just too many mouths to feed. I'm going to avoid Fant. He's a, but he and Locke clearly have some sort of a rapport. Um, Fant is one of those guys who might catch one or two passes a game and it, weirdly ends up being a touchdown he's a red zone guy for you so maybe jump on a on a guy like that that's more of a deep dive name for you um and then you know i I, the smart play is always to grab the handcuffs now of the uh, of the running backs in high octane offenses and so that would mean chase edmonds if um if uh kenyon barner goes down in arizona Drake, Drake. kenyon drake kenyon barner um where is Kenyon Barner these days? I, I, I'm not, cut. I don't know. I don't think he's in the NFL now returning kicks anywhere. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if he goes down though, then yeah, then Chase Edmonds would, uh, would benefit a lot. I like, you know, the idea that um, I'm trying to think of um, who have we heard now is going to start getting a lot of opportunity here. Wait, who, there's a, Oh, Levy and Bell's shelved for the next three, four weeks. And so people are excited about Frank Gore, but, you know, he's on the Jets. So that, 64. Yeah. Also a problem. Also a problem. Also, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame, but not a Hall of Famer uh, to me. I like really? the, I like the high end uh, years rather than just being able to stick around. It's it's a great virtue to be healthy in pro football for a long stretch. But that I, I don't think that that should be your your go to for why you belong in the Hall of Fame. I because I I was healthy a lot. I, well, that doesn't inspire me as much as uh, Terrell Davis having, you know, three or four golden years like that. So, so if Frank Gore in 12 years when he retires, so, five, so 17 years from now when he's eligible for Canton, he calls you up and says, Dave, I want you to present me. You'd be like, no, I don't think you deserve it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, I'm vain, and I would definitely take the opportunity to go up there, and then maybe I would sneak in at the back end. Like, And in conclusion – Congratulations, Frank. Ricky Waters deserves the gold jacket more than you do, but still, come yeah, on up. And that would Sean, be the end. John Alexander should have been here. I don't know where right, he is. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, yeah. Um, that's really all the questions I really had for you. Really appreciate you taking the time. And then, how can people find you on social media and find your your, your new podcast? Uh, at Damashek is how you track me down. Um, anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, you will find extra points thrice weekly. Uh, minus three with Jeff Schwartz, the uh, the former Carolina Panthers and New York Giants and Oregon Ducks offensive lineman, a swell fella to kibitz with. Um, we're having a good time over there. So if you're in one of those gambling eligible states, especially hit it up at uh, fanduel.com slash minus three. We got uh, all sorts of uh, jazzy bets being made there for you. They, they, they help us out. They juice the bets, you know, to make it more appealing. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, it's good fun. Lots of yapping about football and otherwise. Absolutely. Yeah. Because when this football is not on and we haven't had basketball in two days, I know it starts in about an hour. There's really not much else going on. So you might as well gamble. So that's exactly right. I think that's, I, I, I think, uh, not just me, but I think most of sports America is one step ahead of you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But this has been a lot of fun. I just want to thank you again. Sure thing. Anytime, man. 